Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsythe. Taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. My name is Steve Jacob. This is Craig Forsythe. And we are here to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers for the week of January 25th, 2021. And right now, not exactly the best time to be a Flyers fan. Nah, I mean... I mean yeah. It started off so well. It started off so well. Two two wins against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then uh, a a horrible horrible loss to the Sabers, and uh, then a nice rebound, three nothing win, and then it just feels like everything has really come off the rails in recent yeah. days. Yeah. And not looking too good. Not looking too good at the moment. But let's we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's get the the quick notes out of the way. The Flyers play this week. Tuesday night and Thursday night, 7 p.m., visiting the New Jersey Devils, whatever that means in this COVID environment with no fans. But the Flyers travel up to the swamps of North Jersey to take on the swamp people themselves, the New Jersey Devils. I mean, an empty building isn't that different for the New Jersey Devils. Not a big deal. Got him. Got him. Just dunked it all (laughs) over the place. And then Saturday and Sunday night, 7 p.m. Couldn't play a little earlier, just so I, you know, I, I, if, if it goes poorly, then I can go do something else. Come on, fellas. Uh, 7 p.m. hosting the New York Islanders. Both games are on NBCS Philly and ESPN Plus for whoever might be watching on that service. I'm not sure who is. Somebody that, yeah, is probably somewhere. not anybody listen to us, but I'm throwing it out there just in case somebody is, uh, you know, looking for, looking for the action on, uh, on Saturday and Sunday. We have listeners everywhere, Craig. They yeah. are all over the place. Steve, can I can I chime in with the uh, with how the flowers are looking? Can we go back to that, or did you want to uh, something else you want to go? Be my on? guest. Okay, uh, they don't look good. That's my. I don't know if it's just me, but for me, they they look uh, pretty bad uh, recently. There, I will say, I am taking all this in stride with just the injuries, and we still didn't know what they're going to look like after the Niskanen injury and all that. And they didn't have a preseason, and we knew Avi did it earlier on last season too, and I think he's going to start doing it again here as we're going to talk about these lines at our practice today. But he used the preseason in the first couple games, the first couple, most of the early season last year, just kind of uh, throwing the lines in the blender and seeing what stuck. And uh, this team, they're just every team was going to look kind of rusty or shitty just because of the lack of a, a preseason. But uh, I think with the Flyers' big hole in defense and no preseason, this is 
Could have expected a little bit of sloppiness in the defensive end, but the injuries the injuries are killing them. I mean, really, like I, I think it's kind of hard to grade this team with the injuries that are currently out. And that's not an excuse. I think I think even if Katori and Myers were here, they wouldn't be where they would be. Like that first game wasn't as clean or smooth as we wanted it to be, but they did still win. And they still kind of look like a semblance of whatever team they were last year, which you really can't say for the last like four games. No. <laughs> Honestly, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. And yeah, you're right. I mean, but at the same time, like Couturier is such a it just really stunning is. loss for this team. Because yeah. that just, number one, their center depth is one of the best things that we were looking forward to mm-hmm. for this team this year. And that immediately challenges that center depth when you take away your best two-way player, your best center, everything. I mean, that really, everything runs through Sean Couturier on this team. And it's just not the same. And then Myers is huge just because this defense was already questionable without Matt Matt Niskanen heading in, mm-hmm. heading into the season. And then, man, the bottom of that defense, when the bottom fell out, it fell out hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it really did. And, I, I mean, the way I'm looking at this, too, is coming off last year and at the end of last year, you knew the Flyers had four legitimately good defense uh, defensemen that you just wanted to see in all situations. They could throw, AV could throw over the boards whenever, and that's, Provorov, Sandheim, maybe not whatever. When I say Sandheim, be, oh well, PK still, but Provorov, Sandheim, Myers, and Niskanen, and then Niskanen goes down, and like the whole. I mean, that's just a huge question mark as is, and then the Myers injury. That now you're down to just two good defensemen, pretty much from last year, and they, if you put them on the same pair, then you have one third of a defense that you can actually can actually utilize and and go out there and play a game against last year they had two top like two pairs that he could use in any situation and now they're they're struggling to throw pro off out there with somebody and that's that that's a huge impact on the game and that's you know myers didn't play a ton of special teams last year but at five on five his defensive he did pretty good at reducing the number of shots the flyer saw when he was out on the ice compared to off and when you pair that with Sanheim, they were able to drive play pretty well last year. And now you now you don't have that in any capacity. And whatever pro whoever pro I was going to work with is most likely going to be a negative as well. So the defense, like the defensive woes, I guess were should have been anticipated, but just to get to this point of reality is it's a little insane. Well, you lost one of your top three guys on that defense, and that's yeah. going to hurt any team losing one of your top three defensemen. Right, yeah, yeah. And, frankly, the Flyers' defensive death was not the best asset heading into this season compared to some other positions. Right. I am curious this week. I don't know if we're going to see him this week or if it'll be next week, but I, I know there's obviously issues with Shane Goss' despair defensively, but... He still feels like an upgrade from some of the other options you have in there, namely Eric Gustafson, who has just looked horrible. I'm curious to see if Shane Gostaspare, who will be back this week, he was off the COVID-19 list. Apparently he did have COVID and he has recovered. So Shane Gostaspare, if him coming back to this team and where he's been practicing is with Provorov, if yep. that can they can reclaim some of that magic from a couple of years ago when they played together. Yeah. That would be a huge factor if he can step in there and take some minutes and even medium defense at this point is something. Yeah, no, it is. And to go through, let's just run through the lines real quick. We'll talk about the forwards too afterwards, but uh, JVR Hayes, Voracek, Limblom, Lawton, Farabee, Giroux, 
Andy Androhoff, Andy, 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 who was filling in for Nolan Patrick, who only had a maintenance day today, so Patrick sh- should be fine for Tuesday. Uh, Drew Androhoff, uh, Konechny as the third line, and then Raffle Bunneman, NAK as the fourth line. Like Steve said, Provorov and Gossespierre as the top pair. Sandheim Friedman as the second pair. Hag Brown as the third. And then the fourth pair was Gus uh, Gustafson and Nate Prosser. And uh, yeah, the Ghost did have COVID. Um, and uh, tra- uh, I was looking at Charlie's. I got the lines from Charlie's Twitter. And I, I think Charlie's belief, too, is that if Ghost is healthy and ready to go, Gustafson will be the one that comes out of the lineup. And by God, that is that should be... The way it is. That is, after you, everybody has listened to us talk about Robert Hag for the last however long. Uh, if you were to take one defenseman out of the lineup right now, it would be Gustafson because he is just, it's been bad. I mean, he's been bad. He's, I feel like he's had a pretty poor defensive play so far in every single game. And I was saying it on the post game Gustafson Braun cannot be your second pair at all. Like, that just can't be. No. It can't be what it is. And Gossespierre, just Gossespierre coming back. Flyers only need Gossespierre and Myers to come back relatively soon. And it sounds like, you know, he did have COVID. That does evidently drain you a little bit. Um, so we don't know if he's going to be ready to go on Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday or whenever. But it does sound like he is going to be back in the lineup pretty soon. And when he goes back, I think the big leap is pro Ralph Gossespierre. Like, I think you have to put Ghost think you got to put ghost with Provorov because Sanheim. Well, that, like this, I, I know it sounds absurd like, yeah, to some yeah. people, but frankly, Provorov is the guy who lifts the game of whoever he's with. And I think Gostaspare is the guy who needs the biggest defensive lift. Well, obviously, compared to some of these guys, maybe not so much. We've seen them work well together in the yeah, past. Yeah, and have. we know that Gostaspare has a great offensive upside. And we've seen him play good defense in the past. It, it's much further in the past than I think any yeah. of us would like. But at the same time, we've seen him play good defense. Whereas I don't think anybody has ever seen Eric Gustafson play good oh, defense. God. One of the, I think one of the Chicago blogs had, had tweeted. Oh yeah. I was, yeah, I, they if it was PSH right or somebody. Yeah, just, it was me. Oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, I was, like, I was sitting so, there. And, uh... yeah. <laughs> it was the Thursday game. It was the play where, the Bruins dumped it in. Gustafson got it. And then him and Brown were like, should we, what do you want to do with the puck? And then they just turned it over and Hart scored. And I was like, that might be the worst defensive play. And then like two seconds later, second city hockey tweeter, Broad Street Hockey. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like I would prefer them even to just ice the puck at that point and then just kind of just sit on their ass. Like yeah. it's not an egg. You're not going to sit on it and it'll hatch and become <laughs> a magical hockey god. It just toss it down the ice, guys. He is like, he he's a little bit bigger and a little bit slower than I thought he'd be. Not saying he is extremely big and slow, but he also hasn't done anything. I don't I don't think he's done anything productive in the defensive zone. I don't remember him coming up with a big block yet or like taking the puck away. And I've seen him just botch a bunch of simple clears or just chances rend the puck in like out of the zone, and he just struggles with it. So he really is just. Uh, he, he's, he's just a mess he's, right now. Yeah, he's yeah, totally. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he should be the forward, and Samuel Murray should go back. To <laughs> yeah, let's fuck it. Let's try that out. Put put him on the fourth line and let him grind it out. That's fine. I'll I'll take that. I I think so. Like even with the way this is set up, you could do Pro Ralph goes Sanheim Braun, and then I would try Heg Gus as the third pair. Uh, Freeman hasn't done anything wrong. It's just he isn't. I. 
he's still working on being an actual NHL regular, and he also has had his moments so far. I mean, he got slammed by Marshan, which wasn't really his fault, but he he got pickpocketed in Boston too when he in season with the puck. He had a couple bad clears, um, and he's also not the biggest guy. Kind of gets kind of get worked in front as well. So I I can possibly see a way where it's Freeman coming out, but I if you if you've watched Gustafson and play defense recently, I he's got to sit a couple. I mean, he really has to. <laughs> it's just fucking yeah. bad. It's just brutal. It, like there, there's a difference between a guy who's uh, not particularly great in any area, but maybe not a total disaster yeah, in yeah. a specific area, as opposed to a guy who, if he's not on the power play, he's useless. And that's what Gustafson is. If he's not on the power play, if he's not firmly in the offensive zone, he is just totally useless. Yeah, I and like I. I know people will probably say the same thing about ghosts, the people that don't like ghosts, but I feel like I feel like in a defensive maybe not in the defensive zone necessarily, but ghosts is still pretty good at intercepting passes and getting in passes lane passing lanes in transition and breaking up l- rushes up ice and doing things like that. And Ghost is a tiny dude, but I've seen him lay some guys out before. Yeah, he's, he can yeah, actually can, throw a hit. Yeah, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna say he's a heavy hitter, but he can he can throw his weight around. He has thrown yeah, he's thrown some hits. He's a cannonball. You fastball <laughs> special like Wolverine. and He's the modern-day defensive version of Bob Kelly, pretty much. Once he gets out there, he's just, it's it's body checks everywhere. I'm just going to put my, my nerd glasses up. Uh, I mean, a uh, comic Wolverine who's very uh, small and stout, <laughs> as opposed to Hugh Jackman, who's over six feet tall, very large man. No, we're, we're talking a very small man. When you said that in that voice, uh, I, I did picture you with like the broken glasses with the uh, the scotch tape over the middle. Or like just the... Oh, uh, you know I did, it. I did... <laughs> you ever get in that predicament? I never got that. Well, it's a flat parabola. I so never, I'm not a... I've never had to wear glasses, thankfully. Oh, well, you son of a... Knock yeah, on wood right, for that knock one. On wood, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the total just Martin Starr and Freaks and Geeks kind of look right there. <laughs> Those were some glasses. Those definitely were some glasses. So that's what the lineup going to potentially look like this week. Let's talk about some of these injuries as far as like when guys could come back. Yeah, the injuries and then the possession numbers, then we'll go to the uh, So Katoria is still originally diagnosed as being out two weeks, or he has a costochondral uh, separation. Said at least two weeks, uh, according to Jordan Hall today. Uh Katoria says he hasn't set a timetable, but he's feeling better. So again, I, I think that he did skate today as well. I can't believe that. I still I think two weeks. Out there. Yeah, two weeks still sounds a little. Uh, but again, this is he's a hockey player, and everybody in the city of Philadelphia is pretty pissed right now about the hockey team. So he might be, uh, <laughs> he might be kind of, you know, just coming back a little bit too early. But we'll see. I love kids. Sean Couturier scored a hat trick with like a torn like ACL, MCL. Like it's torn a CL F- and it's in his leg. It's gone. Torn MCL. And he scored a hat trick. Hat trick, five point game. Flyers lost eight to five and their 2017-18 season on it. Yeah, it was the fucking worst. It's the most, it was the biggest fuck you to the people that said Couturier was bad. <laughs> and everybody responded with, well, the Flyers are pretty bad. And then anyway. Uh, let's see here. Gossespierre, he returned to practice today. Uh, he'll be fine whenever he's done with the conditioning from COVID. Morgan Frost is still on IR uh, with separated shoulder that he uh, suffered last week out indefinitely. Indefinitely, didn't get any updates on that. And Myers is still considered week to week after he suffered a fractured rib on a hit from Jake McCabe last week. He did not practice today. And again, Patrick missed today's practice, but it was a maintenance day. 
And uh, real quick, all these, I, I just want to throw this one note in there for the, uh, the advanced stats because I really don't care about the underlying numbers too heavily right now because we are six games into the season. But it's never a good sign to be in, uh, in the conversation with these teams. Looking at advanced stats, Corsi 4%, expected goals 4%, expected goals 4%. The Flyers are currently dead last in the league with 42.48 expected goals 4% at 5 on 5. Uh, 1.71 expected goals 4 uh, per 60 on offense and then worse on defense. The 42.48 uh, expected goals 4% is worse than Detroit's and Winnipeg's last year. Uh, and Detroit was a team that was intentionally tanking and had nobody on their team. And the Jets were a team. Like, Hellybuck won the Vesna because the Jets can't drive play to save their lives. So their entire team last year was, like, Connor, Shifley, and Lionel scoring goals, and Hellybuck saving, like, 70 bucks a game. Uh, and the only three teams in the advanced stats area to have worse expected goals, four percentages since they started tracking from 07 were the 16-17 Coyotes, who were bad and just collecting contracts to fill up cast space, and then the 13-14 and 14-15 Sabres, who were intentionally losing games to get either mcdavid or eichel bad company <laughs> until the day they die uh hopefully not for this season hopefully they are able to get it out of whatever the hell mess this is and i think they will i think they'll start clawing their way out of it when the injuries come back i don't think they're gonna i don't know if they're gonna look as uh pristine as they did last year because i think niskan losses i think niskan loss is a pretty big deal so again even with all this set at five and five, they are still three, two, and one, and that is partly due to a one hundred four PDO. Again, indication of luck. If you're over a hundred, team might be getting a little lucky. You're at one hundred four. Yeah, you should expect a little more pain down the road. So hopefully that doesn't happen for the Flyers in the upcoming week. But uh, Connecticut leads the team with five goals. Hayes and JVR both have three. Limblom has two. Those are only four players that have more than a goal on the Flyers. Uh, Connecticut is one of four players in the NHL with five goals already, joining Rantanen. Horvat and Toffoli. Uh, and Hayes leads the team with eight points. Is one of 12 players in the league with eight points already. Oh, wow. I'm going to say real quick, year two of that Kevin Hayes contract. Uh, still looking pretty good. Still looking pretty good. And uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if the other people on the team weren't injured so we could actually get to fully utilize this uh, good Kevin Hayes year. But hopefully. Yeah, again, they're not going to be... It's a, early. Yeah, There's it's early. Plenty and, of season left. And this isn't going to be his last good year as a flyer. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks, I just want to tell you this. I just want to tell you this. This, I know it's a shorter season than usual, but this ain't football, okay? This ain't football. You lose one week, it's not the end of the world. I, I'm sorry. You lose one game, it's not the end of the world. Unfortunately, right now, one week is quite a few games. Yeah. But it's... Uh, you know, get just get some points, and then Katori is back, and you're you're in much better shape. You should be, yeah. You're in much better shape. Also, with the defense, like is there the defense isn't going to keep doing this. Like I, it's been, it's bad right now in terms of just like uh, the results and also some of their underlying numbers and everything. But I think if the defense stays like this, and it's pretty visible that all the games are just heart making like thirty saves, and they're still losing five nothing. Fletcher isn't going to sit on his hands. That's the one thing we should have comfort in now is that he's not Hextall. So we're not going to have to. This is the one time that I would say I'm happy. I would rather have Fletcher here than Hextall. I think because we're not going to be mired in this slot for too long if it keeps going. I think Chucky two trades. Chucky two trades. Going to start rattling some off deals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Chucky trades. Yeah. 
No, it's never no, Chucky Trades. It's always Chucky Never, ever Chucky Trades, and that is a very <laughs> important distinction to make. Now, Craig, as we stated earlier, uh, a couple teams on the slate, and all division games that will never mm-hmm. not be division games is always a bitter division rival. And the first one up this week is perhaps my most bitter of division rivals. And, it, and not everybody else considers this team in the same tier that I do, but I have a special place of hate in my heart for yeah. the New Jersey Devils. It's the older folks. It's the folks that had to watch uh, them trap their way to three cups and then have like 60 people in Jersey celebrate in the parking lot. Like that, those the folks, are people, yeah. It's the folks that had to watch the New Jersey Devils ruin the entire sport of ice hockey. Just ruin it. Flat out. Kind of, yeah. Turn it into a boring slug messy game oh just the forever worst. curse them and they just are always the worst i hate playing against them how are they looking this year craig well terrible but uh in terms of like records and everything they are third in the east uh east division they have seven points with a record of three one and one and an even goal differential they are 28th in goals per game but tied uh in goals against per game coming into uh today's action um Pretty bad special teams, uh, both 20s for the power play and penalty kill percentage. Um, not really driving uh, play that well. Uh, 19th in shot attempts, 4 percentage, both driving uh, or uh, shooting and blocking, both near 20. Uh, 24th in expected goals, 4 percentage. 19th in expected goals, 4 per 60. And 25th in expected goals per 60. So, uh, again, they're 3-1-1, but... They're not really driving play, and a lot of it has been Mackenzie Blackwood facing a lot of heat and also handling that heat. And uh, unfortunately for them, he won't be in net for either of the games against the Flyers this week because he has COVID, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, Hughes leads the team with seven points, and he is tied with Miles Wood for the team lead with three goals. Uh, Hughes is one of 27 players in the league with seven points already including Hayes, who we already mentioned, uh, and Konechny and Jake Voracek. Uh, last year, the Flyers went 2-1-0 against the Devils at the 4-0 win uh, very early on, the first game in America for uh, the Flyers last year. Uh, Hart had that huge stop on Taylor Hall. That's how long ago the start of that season was. Uh, he was on the Devils, and then Hart got his first ever minute. shutout. Yeah, yeah. really thinking about how long ago the start of that season was, it is kind of crazy that that was technically last season. But uh, then the Flyers won the shootout on the first day of November in 2019, thanks to uh, Katori and Lindblom each getting a goal and assist, and then a 5-0 loss on February 6, 2020, which, of course, was the infamous uh, ghost game because that is the game where the entire team just dropped the ball for one game, uh, and it was the worst. Ge- it looked like their worst game in the last couple months. And for Ghost, uh, it was his second to last regular season game last year, with his last being the regular season finale, which was a 2-0 loss to Boston. So uh, he came to the lineup that game. They looked like shit. That's what helped start the whole Hag narrative because uh, Hag and Brown would be on the ice. They would allow like 90 shots against. No pucks went in, and everybody was like, wow, that's great defense. And it's like, well, not really, but okay. Uh, and then uh, offseason moves, Stephen. Uh, they added Lindy Ruff. If, in case you didn't hate him enough, they added Lindy fucking Ruff. Oh, wow. I can't believe Lindy Ruff is... I, I, I could not believe I, it. The guy has been in the league as long as I can remember, and he's coached, what, three teams? Uh, yeah, I well, yeah, this is his third now. Yeah, he was... Was he was with the Buffalo Sabres forever? I actually, put down how long he was uh, with the Sabres. Then he went to the Stars. It doesn't matter. It was forever. 
really was forever and just couldn't want to cope with, uh, you know, maybe the greatest goalie ever. Uh, and then he was also the head coach of the Stars, got fired in 2015-16. Uh, and then for since 2016-17, he was an assistant coach with the Rangers. Now, another big addition they had was Corey Crawford, uh, and the Devils aren't really going to get to use Corey Crawford in a game situation because I uh, signed with the Devils this offseason after 13 seasons with the Hawks and then retired on January 9th uh, before he even played a game because uh, he felt like it. Uh, he, just, he was just Because he looked around and said, yeah, oh, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to play for the New Jersey friggin' <laughs> Devils? And the answer was a resounding no. He was like, so this is Newark, huh? All right, I'm good. <laughs> um, you know, we saw it. I'm fine. And again, they should. Usually, they will be fine because they do have Mackenzie Blackwood. But we'll get into that stuff in a second. Uh, they added Ryan Murray from the Blue Jackets, uh, second all, overall pick from 2012, 110 points, 347 games for uh, the Blue Jackets over seven years. Played 1957 a night in 27 games last season. He has zero points and three shots on goal. Playing 22-17 a night so far. It's not actually the worst addition for them. He just kind of seems like a, um, it, it seems like a small additional piece for that roster rather than some of the bigger moves they should be making to kind of build the foundation. I get like he's a good, yeah, he's a good extra piece. Like I would have mind, I wouldn't have minded like a guy like Ryan Murray, I guess, on the third pair for the Flyers or like on the Flyers. Right side, right now maybe he might this be year. A top pair. Yeah, he might be. Well, like his defensive numbers, like he's definitely. Don't get me wrong. He's not living up to second overall potential, but his def- it's like shot depression numbers haven't been bad. Like defensive, defensively, he's been a decent defenseman. So like, uh, and that's their top pair right now. I believe it's uh, him and Subban, which is kind of weird. Two rights on the top pair, but it is what it is. They're both well. Murray's still pretty good. Uh, Andreas Janssen, they got from the Toronto Maple Leafs, twenty-six year old left winger, uh, 2013 seventh round pick. Had a 20-goal season for the Maple Leafs back in 18-19. Uh, 67 points, 30 of which were goals in 125 games for the Leafs in three seasons. Um, one shot on goal so far. They had Dmitry Kulikov, who is uh, usually bad. Last year's numbers were pretty good. Uh, those are all relative numbers, and he was on the Jets, too, so maybe he is still bad at hockey. But him, uh, he is paired with... Oh, my God, who is he paired with? I just looked at the numbers. Uh, he He's working pretty well with his defensive partner. Like him and Scott uh, Niedermeyer. Him and Scott Niedermeyer have been fucking killing it. They're the most unbelievable. No, uh, Damon Sever- Severson. That's who it is. Kulikov and Severson. Severson's still there because it's, I don't know, it's the NHL in New Jersey. So in net, uh, so we're probably not seeing Blackwood this week. They uh, Devils picked up Aaron Dell off waivers uh, from the Toronto Maple Leafs. He had spent a couple seasons with the Sharks. Cue the shitty "you got a Dell" joke from two thousand one yes, or exactly. whatever that you was. You get a Dell, yeah. Uh, and then, so that was last Monday. So I believe, and he was with the Canadian team, so he had to come into uh, the country. And I believe that is a seven day. That's a seven day COVID protocol. I think that's what Casper Kapanen just had to go through too. That's why I missed the the Flyers games. Um, so that would have been today for him. So I think he might be available tomorrow or Thursday. There's a chance they'll see them, but. You, the Flyers are going to see Scott Woodwood one way or another, you'd think, unless Dell somehow sweeps in 
you know, swoops in and plays both these games. But Scott, we'll see Scott Woodwood at some point. Regardless, Craig, yeah. these are not impressive names. No, they're not. They're all fucking nobody. Yeah, uh, Scott Woodwood, who I, I will say I did cover, you know, once upon a time. So I do know Scott Woodwood if you guys want my autograph. Uh, he has now played the NHL. Wedgie, ironically enough. <laughs> I, yeah, made a wood. A Wedgwood Wedgie. Hasn't played in the NHL since February 2018. 24 NHL games before the season. Uh, he had an 893 save percentage in 24 games last year at the Syracuse Crunch, the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning's AHL affiliate. Uh, and this year, apparently, won 1-0 with a 937 save percentage and a shutout. Stopped 59 of the 63 shots he's seen. So, like, like again, that if the Devils don't get that performance, that's a loss. Like, he, they're, they're just giving up. And uh, on top of those bullies, Eric Comrie, who has, again, claimed off waivers from Winnipeg. Uh, he's You don't need to worry about him. I don't think they're going to – we're not seeing Eric Conway this week. They also have Ty Smith on the blue line, a prospect, 20 years old. Was taken 17th overall in 2018. He's off to a hot start, six points, one of which is a goal in five games. Uh, had 59 points as the captain of the Spokane Chiefs last year in the WHL. And then Igor Sharangovich, uh, who, sure, yeah, uh, taken the fifth round in 2018, 22-year-old. Center, pretty big boy, uh, six foot two, two hundred three, twenty five points in fifty seven games for the uh, Devils AHL affiliate last year. Seventeen goals in thirty four games during a loan with Dynamo Minsk in the KHL at the start of the season, and now he already has two points, including an overtime winner in five games for the Devils. That's who they're adding: lost John Hayden, Joey Anderson, Jacoby Mermis, Kevin Rooney, Corey Schneider, Frederick Clayson, and Brandon Paddock. Uh, so pretty much the big news for them is just goaltending because uh, Crawford's out and now Blackwood is going to be out, at least for the Flyers games because of COVID uh, protocol. So instead of uh, facing Crawford and Blackwood eight times this year, it looks like the Flyers are going to be getting uh, less Blackwood and then maybe some Scott Wedgwood in there as well. Not complaining. Not complaining at all. And also, I'm not going to complain about Of course, all... the Flyers, my, my anticipation is the Flyers will, of course, screw this up completely. They'll, they'll drop on Because we, how yeah. many times have we seen the Philadelphia Flyers go up against the team's backup goaltender and fall flat on their oh, face? Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. against the New Jersey Devils. It's it's bound to happen. Yeah, it's... Uh, and to make matters worse, for on that front, to build up that narrative, uh, a lot of Devils are missing. So, he sure hasn't played yet in 2021. Doesn't look like he's going to be ready for Tuesday or Thursday. Currently on IR, uh, he had. Now I saw again. I, I saw this uh, tweet. It was just a tweet, and I wasn't really familiar with the source. But apparently, he may have broken his fibula while training in Switzerland in December. Uh, it could still be a few weeks away. I couldn't find anybody that could back up that report, but also that was from uh, somebody like translated a Swedish article earlier today. So who knows. But uh, yeah, so Holy he's going to be. Things have gone. Things have gone really well for the first two traffics from that draft. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Seriously, health wise, just fucking. Like. Yeah. And it's it's just so ridiculous that like Pedersen and the car have really taken off like they have. And Heiskanen. Yeah, and Heiskanen. And Heiskanen, and, yeah. and just like, and it sucks because like Heischer and Nolan Patrick are immensely talented. It's just yeah. what they these Heischer... guys have had to deal with injury wise. Just it sucks. Yeah, he sure is one of the better, uh, the devil's like better even trans forwards in terms of generating chances. So that's a, that's a, this is good for the Flyers. Oh, this is very good for the Flyers. Beneficial, yeah. He sure, he sure hasn't had the injury problems that, no. and migraine issues that Nolan Patrick has had. But I mean, this is certainly, you know, not great news for the devils, as no. we were saying. 
No, it's it, it's not. And again, I'm not entirely sure about the Filio report, but they did seem. I think um, like Lindy Ruff had some kind of uh, interesting quote today where he said uh, he's not sure when Brat's going to come back, but he's he's sure that it's going to be back. He's going to be back before uh, Nico his year. So I was kind of like, well, that's a weird way to say that. But all right. Um, also, the group of Jesper Brat uh, or Jesper Brat joins a group of Aaron Dell and Mackenzie Blackwood who will be out due to uh, COVID. And again, I'm not sure on Dell's status. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure about like the technical timeline, but whatever. Also tested positive, apparently. Uh, co-returned, or no, no, he is going through testing. If he passes his fourth test, uh, COVID test tomorrow on Tuesday, he should be good to play um, on Tuesday, I believe. So, uh, And also Sammy Vatten still hasn't played due to visa issues. So with all that out of the way, here's what the devil's lines look like. Sharon Govich, uh, Hughes, Kyle Palmarius are top line, which is a, that's a pretty decent top line. I mean, all things considered for Jersey. Um, they have a 57.27 expected goals for percentage and have two goals to zero goals against in 48 minutes this year. 34 in the Lions have played uh, 45 and five minutes or more, and their expected goals for percentage is 18, so right in the middle of the pack with that. And then the rest of the lines are pretty much... Uh, I, uh, nothing to be worried about. <laughs> like, in all honesty, Miles Wood, Travis Ajak, <laughs> Lane Kowakinen. Uh, I mean, they had decent numbers, but they won't play 13 minutes together. Also, I don't know. These sure are names. Yeah, I mean, Zajac. I actually, I knew the first two. I, I don't know Kowakinen that well. Kowakinen, like, he played limited minutes last year for them, and he's from Carol. Like, he was with the Hurricanes before that. You don't need to worry about it, Steve. Like, he's just not... He may be, don't like... Worry about it. He's one of those guys that probably has, like, decent underlying numbers, but he hasn't played enough. So, like, there's still hope for him. I actually don't know that much about him. I'll probably dunk it on, like, a top of the line prospect now. But, like, Zajac... I mean, we know what He's going to score is. a hat trick tomorrow. Yeah. We know what Zajac is, and Wood is, like, a fine... I, I like Wood, but that shouldn't be your second line. Nikita Gusev, Pavel Zaka, and Nick Merkley as their third. They're all getting owned in terms of uh, drive and play. Uh, but they're up 1-0 in the, in the goal differential. So 36.36 expected goals, 4 percentage. One goal, 4 zero goals against the 9 minutes. And then the last nine, Andreas Janssen, Michael McLeod, and Nathan Bastian. McLeod and Bastian are the Devils' first two picks on 2016. Uh, and in 9 minutes together at 5-5, five five, they have a 7.14 expected goals, 4 percentage. So again, really, these last three lines... I mean, if you get pushed around by those lines at five and five, like, what, what are we doing? You know, so <laughs> I think we should just call it quits for the hockey season. Yeah, like if that's happening, then I'm going to join everybody else. Yeah, start. Let's start panicking. Let's start. You know, burn all our fires. I was going to say burn. <laughs> I was going to say start burning stuff like stuff off. Mass pandemonium. <laughs> Couple pyros running the uh, cats the and dogs living here. together. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. On defense, uh, Ryan Murray, Subban, the top pair, Kulikov, Severson, the second pair, Ty Smith, Matt Tennyson, 
the third pair, uh, Murray Subban, uh, doing our right, 45.13. Well, not that's not a right at all. 45.13 expected goals, four percentage. Kulikov Severson, uh, surprisingly effective play driving numbers. Uh, high end course, four percentage, and then above 60 expected goals, four percentage. And they haven't scored or been scored against uh, yet. So I'm sure they'll be on the ice uh, and score a goal against the Flyers. Ty Smith and Tennyson are, that's, they're they're terrible. This is going to be the thing for this week with um, the Flyers <laughs> is they need to, they really need to utilize, or they really need to take advantage of uh, both these teams' third pairs. And I know that's an easy thing to say about any pair, but Ty Smith and Matt Tennyson. Ty Smith has great individual offensive numbers so far, and he will be an offensive monster in the years to come. However, right now, Smith and Tennyson have a 38.65 expected goals for percentage, even though they're outscoring opponents five to nothing. So that's just not going to happen. Like, that's a thing that's just not going to continue. Uh, of the 63 pairs that have played 45 minutes or more at five and five, they are 62nd in Corsi four percentage and 56th in expected goals four percentage. Is that good? <laughs> that team, need, that tandem needs to get handled by somebody. I don't care. Whoever, whatever line wants to live in the devil's zone while they're out there, somebody's got to take advantage of that. And you got to difference as a male scoreboard there. So that also, I'm pretty sure I wanted to focus on the devils have a shitty power or penalty kill. I think tied for 26 with a 66.7 PK percentage. Their power play is not great either. So it should be a game where the devils aren't great at five and five either. They can't really erase their deficiencies at five and five with special teams play. And now the main guy that's kind of there to erase and put out all the fires that happened during the games for them at Blackwood. Now they're turning to Scott Wedgwood, who, I mean, I thought he could have worked on some stuff. I mean, it's Scott Wedgwood, folks. Yeah, yeah. It's Scott He could have worked on some stuff in the ECHL when I saw him. I'll put it that way. That was years ago. But that guy, it's it's Scott fucking Wedgwood. It's, it's Scott fucking Scott Wedgwood. fucking Wedgwood, yeah. What you're telling me, Craig, is if the Flyers are going to have a team where they can bounce back against that showing against the Bruins uh, the other day, it's the New Jersey Devils. In theory, Steve, yeah, we should. Yeah, they should also. I mean, that's be... what the forecast is all about. The forecast is all about in theory. In theory, yeah. That my man, the forecast is the greatest exercise in my theories not panning out ever. So this, you're right, <laughs> correctly. Yeah, we should do this right now. In theory, Flyers should be fucking pissed because they got embarrassed in Boston. Uh, we'll talk about this in a second too. But Av apparently starting Elliot over Hart. So then you get the whole backup thing. And again, this is a team you should be able to beat. And all these games are more important because they're all divisional games. And you have to climb over these teams to make the playoffs. So they should be, they should come out a little pissed and also be able to, should be a little bit weaker of an opponent on, on Tuesday. So they should actually look good. But where they should be able to actually whoop the Devils, then they play a team that the Flyers have had some trouble with, most notably in the playoffs last mm-hmm. season. The New York Islanders, the New York most Islanders. current, the team that's currently ruining hockey, thanks to oh, Lou Lamorello. Yeah. This is the connective tissue this week. Is Lou Lamorello the the actual devil? Yeah, he actually, it really is. Yeah, like he is the guy that's single handedly ruining hockey. And thank God he's been able to do it with uh, two teams in the Flyers division. You know, don't go to like the fucking, I don't know. Why why couldn't you just go into like the Sharks? or the Avs or the Coyotes for like 10 years and just really bog down those fans and make like people in New Mexico and Arizona watch bad hockey for all these years. You got to make Flyers fans watch like one nothing, two one games for whatever. Who cares? Uh, Islanders are sixth in the East division. 
six points at 3-2-0, and and they have a plus-one goal differential. Uh, they are 31st in goals per game, Stephen. Uh, they are second in goals against per game. They are one of two teams with under two goals per game. This is all situations. So uh, Anaheim is last with 1.83. Um, and Dallas is first with one goal against per game, uh, even though they've only played two games. So pretty much the Islanders are scoring the least out of anybody and allowing the least out of anybody overall. So you know you know these games are going to be fucking good this weekend. You know they're going to be the best, most exciting goal-filled, drama-filled types of games to watch uh, this weekend. And uh, I'm pretty excited. So uh, Islanders, of course, their numbers don't make any sense. Uh, 29th in shot attempts, 4 percentage. Uh, 14th in expected goals, 4 percentage. Uh, so that one actually does make a little more sense. This is kind of what the numbers should look more for this team. Uh, not as great and just jittering overall shot attempts, but when you get a little bit closer and start looking at the quality of the chances... The Islanders should start moving up those ranks. And again, they are the middle of the pack and expect the goals four percentage. And 11th, 11th uh, with a 1.97 expected goals against for 60. Uh, Barzal, unsurprisingly, leads the team with four points so far. Uh, Barzal, Lee, Everly, and Nelson. Uh, Brock Nelson are tied for the team lead with two goals. Uh, New York Rangers are the only other team in the NHL so far who doesn't have a three-goal scorer yet. They have Panarin, Hedl, Buchnevich, and Kako. And uh, that includes the Stars and the Panthers. They've only played two games so far. So that's uh, uh, just a, a funny sign to me that they don't have a three-goal scorer. And uh, getting to... Yeah, it sounds like the Islanders. Yeah, getting to the subject of how they are just even more Islanders this year. Uh, nine goals are the fewest in the division. Eight goals against are the fewest. Uh, and all of their five games so far this season, four have been shutouts. Not for them, just in general. Uh, so whoever scores a goal God, first, they so they're really just boring. sitting on that lead. They're really just sitting on that lead. It's fucking, it's amazing. This is your, your bet lock of the week is bet on a shutout from, for both sides and just hope that yeah, actually, you win that, some money. Yeah, that is the way. That will be an interesting bet. Like, is are one, are one of these games going to be a shutout? Because right now it's, it's looking like it. And I took the time to highlight how boring the Islanders are this year or how uneventful or how systematic these games are going to look so you're probably going to pull your eyes out uh i went back and i totaled up uh all the goal combined goals so far so who's seen the most amount of goals just combined for and against in the least uh in the division the caps i went through each team in the division and put them in the league ranks uh pittsburgh is third overall with 44 uh caps are fourth with 43 total goals flyers are fifth with uh 42 overall Buffalo, Rangers, Boston, and then towards the bottom of the league, the Devils are 26. They have 11 goals for and 11 goals against for 22 total goals. And then the Islanders are 28th, 17 goals overall. Uh, 30th in goals in three teams have played three games or less, and then they are fourth in goals against. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just... Woof. It's Buzz just tough. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just not a good time. So they are... Doing what they're usually doing. Uh, last year was absolutely horrible against the Islanders. They had that uh, forgettable loss in late October on the island. Uh, 4-3 shootout loss a couple weeks later at home when they blew a 3-0, uh, 3-0 lead. And then a 5-3 loss in the middle of February before everything got shut down. The kind of give, give us a preview of what the uh, playoffs would look like. They're down 3-0 before the end of the first period. Islanders sat back, kind of just played there, allow you into the D zone, but shut everything down in the D zone type of defense. Flyers eventually tied it up with 132 left, thanks to Couturier. 
But then Pulak, uh, Ryan Pulak won the game with 50, uh, 51 seconds later with only 38.9 seconds left. So, like, they they just had the Flyers number. Um, they've won, uh, including the playoffs, I think they've won eight of the last 11 against the Flyers, and they've won four straight in the regular season. Uh, and really, they're bringing back the same roster. Uh, the only, the, the major changes for them uh, are net kind of. So they're losing Thomas Grice, who went to the Red Wings, uh, but they're bringing in Ilya Sorokin, Steve, who we've talked about a bunch on Fly Burberry and Flyers Forecast and everything. Highly touted goaltending prospect. Anders Sorokin? Took, <laughs> took him 78th overall in the third round of 2014 with a pick that the Flyers gave them with uh, in the deal for AMAC. So back when the Flyers acquired Al- Andrew AMAC from uh, <laughs> Andrew AMAC, Andrew McDonald from the Islanders, 2014 third, they gave the Islanders along with the 2015 second, which became Carlo and Matt Mangine. So given teams in the current division, uh, Sorokin and uh, Brandon Carlo. So that's always good. Brandon Carlo, who I believe scored against the Flyers, unless they uh, regretted that. But Sorokin. I mean, but, who didn't? Yeah, a lot of Bruins scored against the Flyers, yeah. Spent last four seasons full-time in the KHL at CSKA Moscow, uh, including a 26-10-3 record last year with a 9.35 save percentage. 1.50 GAA and nine shutouts in the KHL. I'm pretty sure Putin outlawed defense over there. So those numbers, like, they're just... You go and look at KHL games sometimes. They get pretty funny when it comes to the defense. So I didn't want to jump in on the Putin joke. Too worried about... uh. I gotcha. I'm okay. yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, you don't. There's just some things you don't mess with. That's true. All right, and then this year uh, he's Sorokin, got ears everywhere. Sorokin is 0-2 and 0 with an 8.75 save percentage uh, so far. Gave five goals and 32 shots in his debut. It was a five uh, nothing loss to the Rangers on Saturday, and then he also stopped 22 of 24 in a 2-0 loss to the Devils on Sunday. So he's 0-2 and 0 with a sub 900 save percentage. Also. Has not gotten a goal in support yet, which uh, from the Islanders, I'll be honest with you, I'm gonna try and score for my uh, star goalie in the making. You know, like last, like last year at the Flyers didn't score any goals. I would have been like, let's get some goal scoring here. This guy deserves it. You know, we're gonna want him in net. But that's uh, you know, you run your team, how you run, you know, you want to run the team there. Uh, they also added Corey Schneider, which was something that uh, was he had a PTO. There was a belief that he had signed early in the year. He did not. Um, let's see who else. They here. really wanted my... to get him off television because yes. <laughs> nobody wanted to see that anymore. Scared everybody. Yeah, it was scary uh, guy. Scary. Eighty-seven save percentage last year uh, and won three of eleven games. So yeah, put him in that system. Is that good? Yeah, put him in that system. Let's see how it goes. Uh, they also added AJ Greer from the Avs, Austin Zarnick from Calgary, and Dimitro Timoshov from the Red Wings, who was originally a Lou Lamarillo pick in 2015 with the Leafs. Lost uh, Thomas Grice to the Wings, which I mentioned. Devin Taves to the Avs. Johnny Boychuk retired due to an injury suffered last year as our Terry Lekkinen stick caught his eye. Injury requires stitches and plastic surgery uh, and then never felt right going back out on the ice. Just didn't, I guess, couldn't really see that well, which, again, COVID and that eye injury, why I keep playing. Uh, he did win a cup in 2011. Uh, 725 games over 13 seasons with the Avs, Bruins, and Islanders for him. Uh, and also on the other departures, uh, Christopher Gibson, Kyle Burroughs, Travis uh, St. Denis, and Jordan Smoltz. But I want to talk about Derek Broussard, who went to the Coyotes and apparently already has a fucking letter. He's an, already an alternate captain. Uh, He's a letterman. Ekman Larson is the captain. John Merson is an A, and so is Derek Broussard. Derek Broussard's uh, A-level? Yeah. 
You must I, really I have so. like it's, nobody it's out. It's leadership, there. man. Big balls. Yeah. They're like, hey, you couldn't crack the Islanders' bottom six last year. You want to be the captain? You want to be the captain waiting here? <laughs> Listen, it's Jason Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what this is. Yeah, that uh, that captaincy hierarchy. What do you think? What do you think JS is doing? He's doing. That's a fly I think for he's having some butt heavies. Yeah, he's probably having some. Yeah, sitting by the lake, having some butt heavies because that's fly that's fish. what hockey players do is they go to the lake and they drink beers. It is, yeah. More times than not, if they're not playing hockey, it's like that. Or uh... no, that's it. I mean, that's pretty much just that. Or golfing. That's I mean, it. That's all, yeah, I. That's pretty. Mike Richards. I, I'm pretty sure all he's done since he stopped playing hockey is just go to the lake every day. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds well, great. Man, I, well, yeah, I would I mean, love okay, to go to yeah. the lake right now. Dude, that would be amazing, yeah. Remember nature? Remember oh, like, God, things? Dude. You remember outside? Yeah, like just going outside and doing stuff, hanging out with people. Remember? Yeah, it was cra- crazy times last year. Crazy times. Uh, injuries. So, Islanders are currently could possibly be without two forwards for the next couple games, but it sounds like by the weekend both these players – should be back. Uh, Anthony Bavillier is day to day with a horrendous case of LBI. Uh, again, might be might play Tuesday, so he could just be ready even for the Flyers games. And then Josh Bailey was put in the COVID protocol, uh, but should be cleared by the Flyers games. Was put in on one twenty, and I believe if you don't test positive for COVID, and you just have to be placed in the protocol, you only have to be in it for seven days, not ten. So he went in on the twentieth, the seventh, uh, seven days from that. Would be Wednesday, which would mean he would be good to go uh, by the by the weekend against Flyers. So two of these uh, Islanders lines you already know: uh, Lee, Barzal, Everly. Top line last year that did pretty well during the regular season and uh, did pretty well in the postseason. Sixty-eight point nine expected uh, goals for percentage. Uh, they have two goals so for and three goals nice. against. Very very close to nice. A hair away from being nice. Uh, and uh, 34 lines have played 40 minutes or more at 5-5 five five this season. Their expected goals for percentage is 5th, uh, and their 4.81 expected goals for per 60 is 1st. And their expected goals against per 60 is 25th. So not really what you expect out of the Islanders' top line. Uh, Offense-heavy and apparently just not limiting chances against in their own end. Uh, so that's kind of uncharacteristic. But again, this line, you know, the Islanders don't really have too many uh, explosive offensive weapons. They don't have many lines that are going to uh, drive play and kind of live in the other team's offensive zone. But Lee, Barzal, and Everly are dangerous in transition. And we, we've seen Barzal do that thing where he just has the puck in the offensive zone pretty much, you know, act like a point card dribbling around the top of the three waiting for something to open up. So that's that's that line. Uh, Bavillier, Nelson, Bailey. Sub 50, course four percentage, uh, pretty high uh, expected goals four percentage in 35 minutes this year. Had pretty bad numbers last year. Uh, Michael Del Call, who was a uh, top pick in the 2014 draft, or 20, yeah, I think so. Uh, JG Pajot and Ross Johnson as their third line, and then Matt Marr and Casey Zekas Clutterbeck as their fourth line, which uh, doing pretty bad this year. 34.33 expected goals four percentage, no goals in 34 minutes, but that line. Unfortunately, all the narratives and the cliche stuff you hear about hockey is is true or beneficial with the uh, the Islanders. It seems like helps the Islanders win. So underlying numbers don't really portray what's happening on the ice for the Islanders, and they're still winning games. 
Martin Sezikis, Clutterbuck is an annoying physical sandpaper fourth line that really isn't looking for offense, but it's been it's been fucking up things for other teams in in the uh, the conference for a while, or at least they've been a thorn in everybody else's side for a while now too. Um, so that uh, I mean, take advantage of the third line there. Uh, Bajo is good, but I don't know if Dal Cole and Johnson are really going to kill it. And also that fourth line can't drive play, so it'll be physical and annoying. But if you put uh, if you put that Faraby line out there, who, who was with the that bigger line? I think it was J yeah JVR Hayes Voracek. That should be a line that should be able to handle that line in terms of physicality. So uh, yeah, yes, yeah, those are the offensive lines, defensive pairs: uh, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, uh, Nick Letty, Scott Mayfield, and then Andy Green and Noah Dobson. So Andy Green and Noah Dobson, uh, Pellick, Pulak are staples of that. That defense, uh, top pair, that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, 62.84 expected goals, 4 percentage, uh, 57 minutes. Letty and Mayfield are surprisingly uh, good this year. Uh, so they give the Islanders two pairs in the top. Two of the 12 uh, best possession pairs out of the 63 uh, pairs that played 45 minutes or more this year. The Islanders are two of the top 12 pairs. And then the last pair, Green and Dobson. Uh, fucking terrible. So this is what I was trying to say with uh, Matt Tennyson and Ty Smith, too. So far this year, uh, Andy Grant, Noah Dobson. Dobson coming in for um, is replacing Devin Tays. 35.71 expected goals, or uh, 36.58 expected goals, 4 percentage. Uh, and it is 59th out of the 63D pairs to play 45 minutes or more. Uh, and their core 4 percentage is dead last. So that, that def- defensive pair is getting pushed around. So whenever that pair is on the ice... I, they're going to be in Philly, so Avi needs to figure out a way to, you know, get, I would guess, one of the top three lines out there against them. I just can't believe Andy Green is still playing hockey at the age still of here. 82. Yeah. 82 years old. And 82. Still chugging along. Still, he can still, he has to have people put on the skates for him, and every once in a while they can do the Weekend at Bernie's thing with him on the ice, but yeah. other than that, he's fine. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it I mean, is really kind of... He spent so many, so many years on the wall <laughs> guarding us against the White Walkers, and... <laughs> Now he's playing hockey again. So good for yeah. Andy Green. Yeah, good, good for Andy. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's enough. We we talked enough about these teams. So there you go. Those are the lines in the. Uh, we have. Yeah, it's been a. This is another lengthy, uh, lengthy forecast. It's because we got to introduce all these goddamn forecast. teams. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, cut it down next week. Yeah. That's where we're at. Real quick, Brian Elliott is in net for the first game against New Jersey. It'll probably be Carter Hart after that. And I honestly wouldn't mind splitting it with Elliot and Hart again for the Islanders series after that, but it also might likely be Hart Hart again. You think it might go Hart for both those? Uh... Oh wait, no. If they're doing back to back, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so Hart, it's yeah, Elliot, two so it'll probably be say, yeah. nice, a nice Carter Hart sandwich. Carter Hart's the meat, and Brian Elliott's the bread <laughs> on the sandwich. Yeah, that's week. what I think they should do. That because I don't, I don't know if alternating makes any sense either. That's like the only other way they could. I can see them really doing that because if Elliot's going to, on Tuesday, Elliot and Hart again one of Tuesday and Thursday, and then they should get one of those games over the weekend. So yeah, like we should see Elliot twice this week. Uh, Devils play relatively normal schedule, so nothing where they have to worry about managing goalies. Uh, and it does sound like it's going to be Wedgwood. Um, that's who I'm. That's who I'm expecting in that tomorrow. Maybe we'll get more word on Dell. Uh, maybe Dell will be in there. Prepare your wedge salad. Yeah. <laughs> wedge time. But so like it should be 
I'm guessing we see Woodrow on Tuesday and then maybe Dell on Thursday or it, it should be Wedgwood twice. I don't think they're going to throw Eric Comrie in there because, I mean, he is just not a guy. He played three games for the Red Wings last, last year's Red Wings, and that's, yeah, I don't know. Like, he just doesn't have the most experience. And then the Islanders, uh, they're, they're, the back-to-back includes a five-game road trip for them. Uh, so I, we're seeing Varlam off and Sorokin. Probably uh, at least once. I don't think we're going to see either of those guys twice. And Varlamov this year, Steve, who I drafted late in fantasy. Three zero zero, nine eight eight save percentage, point three three GAA, and two shutouts this season. Uh, so that shit first good. Yeah. So yeah, that's, he's, he's doing all right. Unfortunately, uh, twenty four save shutout, twenty seven save shutout. He's only allowed one goal against so far this year. Uh, we already talked about uh, Sorokin earlier, and. Uh, that's really the big question about the big difference with the Islanders because the Taves loss isn't that huge. I think they can recover from that. Didn't really have any turnover uh, among the forward depth. Uh, you're, you, there's a little bit of turnover on that third line, but that third line is not going to kill you when the other four, other three lines are pretty good. So the biggest question is switching from Grice to Soro- Sorokin, and he is supposed to be a monster. So hopefully he, does, he hopefully he just goes 0-3-0 and doesn't actually uh, start being a monster yet this week. Same old boring, efficient Islanders. Yeah, just annoying. They're yeah, they're so annoying. They're they're good, but they're annoying as fuck and boring. Yeah, th- extremely, extremely. And lastly, folks, we do have our player of the week <laughs> feature, and it was not a a great week for the Philadelphia Flyers, and certainly not for the Flyers that we chose. I chose Oski Boy, Oscar Lindblom, and Oscar Lindblom's always a winner because he's the friggin' man. Yep. One assist, uh, not exactly the most noteworthy week craig you picked carter hart and i hate your guts for picking carter hart this week because he yeah, well, went oh two and one and allowed 14 goals look here's what i'm gonna say in my defense my, my bad like you know like i my bad guys that was i knew that i, I knew picking him was risky and i was i was riding that high of nolan patrick actually getting me a point and i was like oh are these players actually gonna do something for me this year and then I, I i bit off more than i could chew and now we're all paying for it the worst part is carter hart didn't even look that bad necessarily but yeah the, the the defense in front of him was oh no but the so hockey gods poor. yeah the hockey gods deemed him to fail because this isn't about yeah this isn't about how they look it's the end results so that i think that's why it makes it of course i pick carter hart because a lot of those goals weren't his fault but at the end of the line you know his bottom line looks terrible so uh he's got a I, again i i i think it was a lot more of the defense in front of him not really soft goals for hart so i'm not picking on this week uh <laughs> gonna leave him I'm you're not allowed to this week. hey i have a, I have a pretty good pick of mine but i'm gonna let you go first. Well, why don't you go first then if you have a good pick of mind uh eric gustafson uh since apparently i got the bad <laughs> juju going i'm gonna make sure he gets benched so eric gustafson is my player of the week and if he wants to ironically make me look an, look like an asshole and get uh, the andy delmore and get a hat trick here go ahead but i'm picking eric gustafson and then hopefully ghost will be back in the lineup i like thursday <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, start pulling that out early this year, because why not? We're, it, feel, it already feels like that stage of the season. We're going to pull that out. <laughs> it's early. Well, you're going with Eric Gustafson. I'm going to pick a guy who has actually been on a roll, and I am anticipating to, to keep on rolling, 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 what? Uh, <laughs> Kevin Hayes. That's right. A reference to the best Real man of all time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's very, it's getting late. I need to go. I need to wrap this up. And that's why it. yeah, it's a yeah, half-ass Limp Biscuit. Yeah. And I don't have the red hat on backwards. That's where I am at right now. 
Kevin Hayes has been playing very good hockey recently. I am anticipating him to continue doing that this week. He is my pick for player of the week. There you go. He'll probably do great. Because you picked him and also he's been, you know, leading the team. You know, I I hope Eric Gustafson does great. I hope so, too. Because I'd like to have a laugh about it. My doubts. Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah. All right, folks. That's all we got. And it was plenty if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, I am. I'm trying to work on an article. I'm not going to throw it out there because I usually never end up doing them. I got the preview for Thursday, the recap for Saturday, and the post game on Sunday. So okay. uh, I got things to do, I guess. Apparently, looking at you my got schedule. a few things. I got going a few on. things. A, things a couple days from now that I got to move for. So we'll see how that goes when the time comes. So until then. <laughs> No moving. <laughs> I'm just going to roll around my place, yeah. <laughs> you can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban. But for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole. Please, please, please make it Flyperbole for hockey. You won't find too much <laughs> on the Esteban account. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to check out all of our great podcast offerings. We got post games with Phil Matson, and occasionally Craig Forsyth. Uh, we got Kelly Hinkle doing checking out the competition, and I believe the BSH brief came back this week, so check that out as well. And of course, we have great old BSH radio with the whole gang. Plenty of tangy temp for you folks. Thank you so much for listening. Please, for the love of God, wear a mask. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.